Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White, and I blog, and I podcast, and I do YouTube videos and all that kind of stuff over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 136. I'm calling it Catching Up and Moving Forward. I am also, wanted to make sure you know, the author of the book, How to Manage Your Home Without Losing your mind, which is basically exactly what it says. Is it going to tell you how to have an absolutely perfect home? No. But is it going to tell you how to and what to do um, to go from, oh my word, why is this so hard to, okay, yeah, okay, I get it now. Yes, that is the goal of that book. So uh, you can get that wherever books are sold. You can go to aslobcomesclean.com slash book and uh, find links there or look for it in your local bookstore. Okay, um, before I get started, I wanted to remind you that we do have a special um, group of people who have committed to be patrons of this show. Um, and I am so incredibly grateful to those of you who have done that. Um, one of the perks of being a patron in addition to my extreme thanks, is um, for those at the $5 a month level, uh, we do have a private Facebook group. And if you have become a patron, which I know some of you have over the summer, and um, did not go into your Patreon account and find the link right there to... um, to sign up to be invited to that private Facebook group. So if you are a patron, but you're not in that group, either go to your patreon.com slash a slob comes clean account and find that or just email me at a slob comes clean at gmail.com. And um, I will get you the link to get me the information so that I can invite you to that group. Okay. (sighs) Summer is over. I mean, not like on the calendar because I know, I don't remember what the date is on that September something, right? Anyway, but the reality of life summer for me is over because my kids are back in school. They've actually been back in school for a week or a little bit more. Um, but, um, anyway, I'll kind of explain why I'm a little late, late getting back to, podcasting. Anyway, um, so today I'm talking about catching up and moving forward because that's the reality. Life goes in times where my main energy and my main focus is pretty level and on my home and I start thinking, I've got this, I can do this. Oh my goodness, I'm finally, I I have it all down. And then that does not last forever because that's just the reality of life. It it just is. I remember when I first got married, my husband and I, I've told you this before, my husband and I have a um, journal. He loves it. Anyway, but we do that. We work on every, that we write different things in, um, on our anniversary every year. I think we missed this year. I'm just all of a sudden remembering that anyway. Um, but we write in that and we write goals for the year. And one of the things that I know we talked about our first several years was, um, get a routine, 
get a routine, get a routine. And because we just didn't have one and it just showed. And, and I kept thinking and believing that at some point in my life, everything was going to be normal. You know, like it was, it was going to finally just look the same every day for the rest of my life. Like that was my idea of growing up. Instead, growing up was more me accepting the fact that that's just not how it works. Because I mean, while, you know, you may have some good years there where things look similar for a while, um, especially when you have kids in the house and I don't even just mean young, but I mean, like, I'm telling you, it just changes all the time. Kids move into a new phase of life and that throws the whole family into that. And it just, anyway, it's all adjusting all the time. Crazy times are going to happen. So summer is one of those guaranteed crazy times for all moms. And, um, it was for me. So that's kind of that idea of, okay, you know, a lot of people look at, I do look at the start of school as the actual real new year, you know, not January where life after Christmas break looks exactly the same way it did before Christmas break, but usually things are actually different. You know, for us, we've got, um, both of my boys, their football practice is at a different time this year than it was last year. So our schedule is very different than it was last year. So it really is like, okay, things are just starting and I'm really going to do things right this year. So some of that's a great feeling for me to embrace and just take hold of and just go with and use it. But there are some real trip ups that have happened to me in the past and that tend to continue to kind of surface in my brain um, as I get into this time of year. So I'm kind of sharing what I have learned. And I'm also going to be sharing my summer. So for those of you who this is your first podcast you've ever listened to of mine, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. But um, you know, if you don't want to hear a lot of personal stuff, maybe this is not the one you should listen to. Go listen to like how to clean a messy house and get it ready for guests or decluttering momentum or something like that. But for those of you, I am so excited to kind of be back to talking to y'all because I do love this podcast audience. So I'm going to be just sharing kind of personally some of the things that happened this summer that made it, you know, kind of leveled up from a normal summer craziness. Anyway, um, so some analogies. And I wrote about this this week on the blog, but I have some additional analogies. Um, so one, what I wrote, the post I wrote was staying in my lane, meaning, you know, as I get older and kind of more mature, and some of that comes from me being in the phase of life where I realize that the people riding in the car with me, my kids, are going to be driving themselves without me in the car very, very soon. And so I'm very aware. I mean, I hopefully have always been aware, but I'm very aware of my thought processes and explaining them to them. And, you know, anyway, so staying in my lane as I get older, um, you know, it's, it's that reality of, I can try to outsmart the system. I can try to rush up there and get in front of so-and-so, but I can try to get around having to stop at certain places or do certain things. But the reality is when I do that, I am putting myself at risk. And when I do that, I generally don't get there any faster. And when I do that, 
it always stresses me out more. So as I mature driving wise, um, I've realized, you know what? It's often just best for me to stay in my lane, just stay in my lane, get where I need to be and just go there. Let the craziness happen around me, but I just got to keep going. And obviously the analogy there that I'm talking about is keep it on going with my daily stuff, even though life is crazy around me and it feels like I need to zip here and zip there and move around things and, you know, figure out a better way and try to avoid this so I can do that. You know, that's the natural reaction. I should be doing more than this. But the reality is if I will just keep going with what I know to do, which if this is your first podcast and you're still listening is the dishes, okay, doing the dishes every single day, no matter how much I feel like they need to be done or not, um, how few or how many or whatever, doing them every day um, and getting a laundry routine, which I have a podcast on that. That's a good one to listen to. Um, but, you know, doing, getting those basic, basic things done so that life can happen around that and so life can keep going smoothly. Um, and when things do happen, how do I go back to that? Because here's the thing. With summer, there were days more days than not, um, when I did not do things perfectly, basically laundry for us, I have a laundry day. I, it's my goal to do all my laundry on Mondays to get it done, to be so that I don't have to worry about it the rest of the week. That is what works best for me. I have tried every method and that's what works best for me. Um, but in the summer, what that often meant was we sorted all the laundry on Monday and I was still running loads because I kept forgetting um, on Friday. And by Friday, I'd pretty much gotten all the way through it. And then I started again on Monday. And because I know that routine of laundry day, which I explained in the laundry day post and podcast and in the book and everything, because I know how important that is for me, my brain to have a beginning, middle and an end instead of the never ending style of laundry. That still worked for me, even though it didn't work perfectly. Okay. It's like, it's like when I went to, when I was in high school, I, um, for my last three years, I went to a school that was in downtown Dallas and, um, it was like 45 minutes ish from my house, but we had to go on the interstate. I mean, like on the, on a big highway and that was a big deal. And I was starting to drive at this point, you know, so it's kind of a, a big, big deal that I was, um, you know, not just driving to a little school here. I was, you know, so I would take the public bus and then, um, my mom would come and pick me in. Then I got to where I would drive sometimes when I was a senior, but I remember my mom, we always allowed an hour to get there. And my parents were always early, like for everything ever. That's one of the reasons why as an adult, it's always my goal to get there right on time. I don't like to be late, but I do not like to be early because my whole life, being somewhere. I mean, we were always 30 minutes to 15 minutes early. So anyway, but my mom would always allow an hour and sometimes we would zip down that road because there was no traffic and you could go, you know, I don't know what it was at the time, 55 miles an hour and, um, you know, get down, get to the school. And we got there, you know, with 15 minutes to spare, 20 minutes to spare, whatever. And then there were times where it was, 
really super slow. But I remember my mom saying, as long as we keep moving, we'll be fine. It's only when we actually stop that we then are going to be late. Okay. And it's, it's, it's mind boggling to me, but she's right. And as long as, cause we have the same thing, you know, now if we ever have to go somewhere, you know, in Dallas on a Friday night, we, you know, it takes, there's always going to be traffic, but as long as we keep moving, we will get there very close to the time we were planning on getting there. It's only when things completely stop that we, that everything is messed up. Okay. And and it doesn't even make any sense because you're like, well, 55 miles an hour compared to 10 miles an hour. Well, mathematically, I don't get it. You know, I don't do stuff like that. But my point is I can't, even though it doesn't make sense to my brain, it's true. If I will keep moving, I get there. And that, that's the point. Even though I was doing laundry completely imperfectly all summer, I was doing dishes every day, but I wasn't doing them at the right time. I didn't have the perfect rhythm, which is still never perfect, but you know, of loading the dishwasher at night and emptying it first thing in the morning so that dirty dishes can go into it and they don't ever pile up in the sink. I didn't do that. I ran the dishwasher every day at these random weird times. And so there were times where there were dishes in the sink because the dishwasher was still running when dishes got used and they got put in there and it just wasn't perfect. But guess what? It never got crazy and ridiculous and unrecoverable in a short amount of time because I kept going. I did run the dishwasher, even though it wasn't perfect, even though it wasn't the absolute ideal and the very best way to do it. I went ahead and did it. And ultimately... When I got to the end of the summer, I was still at the end of the summer and the house wasn't totally insane. It wasn't perfect, but it wasn't totally insane. And I will take not insane any day over what the house used to be like at the end of a summer when I hadn't figured all this stuff out. Okay. If I am completely confusing you and you're like, what are you talking about with the dishes and why would that make such a difference? Blah, blah, blah go listen to other podcasts. There's a a million other, not a million, 135. Um, or, you know, get the book because that explains it. And there is an audio version for that as well. Okay. Um, another thing, staying in my lane when life gets crazy, I'm going to give you a little life hint that I heard on the news one time, which completely is one of those examples of how things just go against my logic. And a lot of times, most people's logic and how once I was told this, I went, okay, that actually makes sense, but I would never have thought of it on my own. This is a traffic tip. If there is some sort of a police chase, stay in the lane that you're in going the speed you were already going. This is the tip I heard. I hope it's true. It makes sense to me now that I think about it, but I had, I remember a time, maybe I was probably, my kids were little or something, and it seemed like there were a bunch of police chases just at one time, you know, and you would see them on the news all the time or whatever. And it just was constant. And it was like, what would I do? I'd be so nervous, you know? And I heard somebody explain, one of the TV people or whatever, that the advice was go against the natural instinct to freak out and try to 
pull over to the side of the road. Because if you're going down a highway at, I mean, totally the speed limit, right? So like 65 miles an hour. If you're going down the highway at 65 miles an hour and there is a police chase and you see, you know, a bunch of lights behind you and craziness, whatever, and this car going crazy, it, it's, a, it's a freak out moment for sure, okay? And the natural reaction as long as you make sure it's not you that they're chasing. Um, but the natural reaction is to go, oh my goodness, I need to get out of the way. Okay. But the point that this person was making when they said, stay in your lane and go at the same speed that you were going is those, that, um, person who's evading arrest or whatever they're doing, um, is, looking at where you're driving and they are planning their zipping in and out according to that. And so for you to make an erratic move, it puts you way more at risk of being in an accident. Okay. Because they are zipping in and out. So you staying at the rate that you were staying at anyway is safer. Okay. If you're a police officer and I'm wrong, please tell me that. But that is what I heard. And once I heard that, it made a lot of sense to me. It's one of those things I've thought about lately because I talked to my 15-year-old about every possible scenario he might, you know, encounter when I'm not with him someday very soon when he'll be driving by himself. But, you know, that that is the same concept of when life throws crazy things it feels like I need to throw everything I know and what I was doing up in the air and in the trash and just, you know, just, just make these big crazy moves and and just get out. This is what I have to do. I have to get out of the way. I have to, and instead I need to just keep doing the dishes. You know, in that moment of, oh my goodness, life is crazy. What do I do? Just do the dishes. Just do the dishes. Just keep going with those basic things that are the thing that allow me to keep continuing and making progress, or even if not making progress, at least just moving forward, not stopping. Okay. Because when I say, oh my goodness, life is crazy. Well, I I can't do dishes right now. You know, I, I need to sit here and worry about something for 10 minutes instead of doing dishes. Well, then after, you know, a day of that, and then another day of that, another day of that, well, then when life gets crazy, and I can't even find a clean fork or a clean plate or whatever, well, then it that just like tips me into super craziness. Make sense? Okay. Um, All right, so here's a little bit, I'm going to give you um, some of my points, my things that I've done, but I do want to tell you about my summer. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so here's my summer. Got it? Ready? Um, Summer was crazy, like always. August was bonkers like never before. Um, okay. So first week of summer, which was, you know, very end of May, beginning of June, I finished an insane book writing deadline. Thanks for those of you who were supportive last year as my crazy talk, um, went through those nine weeks of writing an entire book, which is not long enough, just so you know. Um, but I finished my book writing deadline. I'm happy to say that I actually really like it and I'm excited about it. So I'll be telling you more soon about that. That's going to come out, I think, end of February. Um, week two, I packed for my family of five for a two-week trip overseas, um, which I had been putting off a lot of that <laughs> until the last minute because I was writing the book. Um, and that two-week 
overseas trip included an archaeological dig, which means that it wasn't just normal packing. It was like crazy packing. And I know some people are like, oh, you should let your kids pack for themselves. Well, um, sorry, (laughs) I'm not doing that. Not for this. And um, I also made some major packing mistakes, which I will be sharing in future things. Okay. And during that time, of course, I was taking a kid to swim practice at 6.15 a.m. every morning. All right. Weeks three and four, my family stayed in Jerusalem for two weeks. We dug um, in an archaeological dig for one week, which meant being on the bus for the dig at 5 a.m. every morning, which honestly is not that bad with jet lag, really. People are like, wow. And I'm like, we were up anyway that first week at five in the morning. So it was really fine. But anyway, it was a great experience. We did that till like two or three. We usually got back from the dig around three. I think it was three or four every day. It was really a great experience. And I'll talk about that as well and things I learned about my own clutter um, through digging through an archaeological dig. Anyway, um, and then we toured for uh, a week and it was a really, it was a really neat experience. So um, then the minute we got back, like we got back late at night on a Sunday night and started vacation Bible school the next day, which if you've ever volunteered or had your kids go to a vacation Bible school, you know, that is one crazy exhausting week. Um, then the next week was sort of normal, except that it was a holiday week, 4th of July here in the U S. Um, and then week seven, um, we, I spent, my boys were at camp and I, kind of farmed out my daughter to her friends, which makes her happy anyway, and um, went to my in-law's house and started packing it up. We had already decided that um, they needed to move into assisted living, and there was an assisted living near us, my husband and I, like right down the street from us. Um, And we, along with my husband's sister, had decided that they needed to move in to assisted living. It was time. We were going to have to get tough or whatever needed to be done because, um, my father-in-law had been losing weight, um, kind of significant, well, significantly. And, uh, we had, you know, had them on meals on wheels. We, you know, were buying them boost or insure or whatever it was, you know, and really, um, but he just continued to lose weight and, and they were, um, I think 85 and 89. And so, we had decided it was time. Well, then while we were, um, gone, like I think the day after we left in June, um, my father-in-law broke his hip. And, um, so probably a lot of you know where this story will end anyway. Um, okay. So, uh, hold on. So we were even more determined, sorry, um, that yes, absolutely, you know, and so in, it was time for them to move into assisted living, assisted living anyway, but the fact that he broke his hip, um, you know, no, nobody was resisting that at all. So that week, um, I, uh, he was in rehab at that point and, I went up and started packing up their house because um, we had, you know, they had decided, yes, this is going to happen. And so I spent that week packing up the house, which, um, 
y'all, it, I, I just have to brag on them and how they truly lived under their clutter threshold. And, um, so it, it, oh my goodness, I really have nothing to complain about. It's a lot of work. It's a ton of work, but they're great. So anyway, um, so I stayed there that whole week except for one night and, um, then came back and then the next week we had our state swim meet for one of my kids and that was three days of the meet, which were out of town. And then we had a normalish week and then, um, we, this is week 10 at this point, um, moved my mother-in-law, my boys and I did, which is nice to have man-sized children. I'll just say that they're great labor. Anyway, moved her to assisted living because my father-in-law was going to be getting out of, um, the rehab center from his broken hip. He was doing great. Um, the, uh, the end of that week. So this was like July 31st that we moved her. And then on the 4th, um, we were going to be moving him. So we moved her. Well, then the next day I left for, um, San Antonio. Thank you for those of you who came to hear me speak. I so enjoyed meeting you and I will be having some other days. There will be one in Oklahoma very soon. This month has thrown me completely off. So we don't have that scheduled yet, but, um, we'll let you know about that soon. Um, Anyway, so traveled to do that, came back on the 4th, which was the day that my father-in-law was moving into assisted living. Well, we thought he was having a panic attack and, and, I, and he was having a panic attack. Um, he had struggled with that for, for many years. Um, and you know, moving into assisted living was the thing he had always dreaded. And so we really thought that was it. Well, it actually turned out that he had pneumonia And so he spent one night in assisted living with, uh, my mother-in-law. And then the next morning, uh, the home health nurse, nurse, sorry, nurse was checking him out and, um, said, uh, you need to get him to the hospital. So what we had thought was, um, breathing issues because of the panic attack either were, or in addition to that, I don't know, you know, anyway, there's only so much you can go back and think about, but anyway, um, was pneumonia. And, um, so he went to the hospital, ended up on a ventilator that night. And, um, actually the very next morning we were called in the, in the middle of the night to get to the hospital. And, um, and after that, he never regained consciousness. Um, and it, it never got better. We had a tiny little glimmer of hope at one point. Um, but after 10 days, uh, he passed away. I'm sorry. Um, I keep pausing it, but anyway, um, so after 10 days, he passed away and, um, So then there was the funeral, which, (laughs) okay, so it's my goal now to, um, play in my own funeral. I mean, you know, and let's all do that. Okay. Cause that's a big help. Um, that as well as letting your family know what your desires are for when things happen. So anyway, um, but yeah, and then school started. So that's basically been it. That was my summer. Um, August was crazy talk. And really bad, crazy talk, um, basically from the beginning to the end. So, um, anyway, I'm sorry, y'all, but 
So here's the thing. Life happens. It just does. And, um, you know, my father-in-law was 89 and it was an absolutely beautiful funeral. Um, and beautiful as in, you know, he just lived, he just lived and affected a lot of people. Um, but things happen, you know, and life just does not go as planned, you know? Oh, and then there were the book edits. That's right. Um, so my book edits had come back and they wanted them back on August 15th. And this was, I think, end of July. Actually, I think they wanted them by end of July. And I was like, yeah, summer's crazy. Plus we're moving my in-laws. There's just no way. And, um, and I said, Hey, can you give me to the 22nd, second of August? Because I know for sure that if I can just have to the 22nd, that will give me a week of normal because I know for sure life will be normal at that point. Um, ha ha ha. Um, there's no guarantees of life being normal. And so the reality is just keep doing the dishes, just keep staying in your lane. Um, yeah, that's just reality. So sorry. I really am sorry. I feel bad to be such a party pooper. Um, but it's true. So anyway, um, okay. So let me draw some actual help from this. Um, so three things that I have had to learn the very, very hard way. And hopefully maybe me learning it the hard way will help you. I've learned this over the heart, the the hard way over the last eight years. Y'all have been on this deslopification process that started out as something I did not want to talk to anybody about. It was just an anonymous blog just to keep myself accountable. Had no desire to tell anybody else what to do because, come on, this is me. Um, and here we are eight years later. Um, so I, my, my hope and my prayer is that um, what I've learned can help you learn it a little faster. That's the goal, right? Okay, so number one, constantly trying to outsmart things to outsmart reality requires energy I could be using on just doing what needs to be done. Okay. Um, so doing the dishes is so ridiculously basic, but it is something that I resisted as being the game changer. And I know this is true because I have a book where I talk a lot about doing the dishes. I have podcasts where I talk about it. I have blog posts, I talk a lot about doing the dishes. It's kind of my thing that I tell people because it hugely changed me and my home when I finally accepted that that was where I had to start. And I get emails from people who are like, I didn't believe you. I resisted it. I thought it couldn't be that easy. I had to figure out a better, smarter, fancier way. I know, I understand because I've been there. But then when I finally did the dishes, guess what happened? Um, It worked, you know. So I was always trying to find a better way. Trying to find a better way took up my energy. If I finally now, when I just use that same energy and try, instead of trying to outsmart reality, if I will just use that same energy to just do the dishes, then the dishes are done. And it also reminds me, 
oh yeah, this really does work. Instead of me just sitting around figuring out what could work better. Okay. Um, number two, unfortunately there isn't always a better way. I really think that was a huge part of my problem. I don't like doing the dishes every day. I have a thousand other way more interesting, super way more fun things to do than dishes, but there isn't a better way. Okay. So I kept thinking there's got to be a better way than just doing the dishes every day. There's not, there's not a better way. Sorry. There's just not, whether you have a dishwasher, whether you don't have a dishwasher, um, there's just not a better way. It's the reality. That's the difference between people whose homes are under control and people who aren't is the people whose homes are under control are the ones who just do the dishes every day because they realize it just has to be done. Okay. I'm sorry, y'all. I know it stinks, right? Number three, and this one is really, really important. Never judge a habit or a return to a habit on the first day. Because that first day either of, okay, finally, I'm going to try this Dana dishes thing. I've been listening to her podcast and she talks about it all the time. And I'm just fine. Okay, fine. You've convinced me. I'll give them. Don't judge it on the first day. The first day is catching up. The first day is figuring things out. That is not what the third and the fifth and the 27th and the 357 millionth day is like. Okay. The first day or the first day back are no indication of what this habit is going to be like or the effect that it's going to have or how easy it's going to be or how much time it's going to take. It's just not. So here's my car loop story. I told this in the blog post. That's kind of a little, I'm not going to rant about car line etiquette like a lot of people do. I'm just saying our car loop at one of my kids' school is, um, it's not ideal. Okay. There's really just no way around it because it's not in a neighborhood. It's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And I've been going through this same car loop now for seven years. Okay. With three kids, you know, my last one is in her last year at this school. Um, and I get it. Okay. And I have to remind myself on that first day of school. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. The first day of school, the car loop takes forever. It's maddening and it's awful. And it's that way every single year. And the first day makes you think, I can't do this. Well, here's the truth. The third day it's not going to be like that. The seventh day is nothing like the first day. No, you can't do that. What it was like on the first day. Every single day for the rest of your life, but it's not going to be like that. Okay. Here's the thing. On the first day at this particular school, a third of the kids are new, which means a third of the parents. This is their first year in this car loop. Y'all, I was so excited when well, for, re- for, uh, for some reasons I was sad, but I was excited last year when my high schooler started high school, my oldest started high school. And I realized this is my last time to have to figure out a pickup situation. Like, you know, because that first time at a new school, 
is like, okay, where do I go? And what are the unwritten rules that parents know that you're going to get dirty looks and maybe a honk or something? Okay. So my 13 year old today, (laughs) we were stuck in traffic and he was like, I have found that if you press the center of the steering wheel, traffic goes faster, which is the horn because he's a dork. He was being funny anyway, but I did not honk my horn, but you know, that that's the fear is like, Oh, this is awful. What am I going to do? Or once I know what to do, then. uh, So the reality is that first day of school, people are learning new things. People generally kids who are going to ride the bus the whole rest of the year, the parents are like, Oh, well I'll pick you up on the first day. It'll be fun. Well, it's not fun picking up on the first day, you know? So the first day is crazy. And here's the thing that I see happen. Okay, the only way to not go through the car loop at this school is to park across a four lane plus a turn lane. So I guess that is that five. I don't know. Big old honking street across the way and walk like stop, you know, pass a stoplight. There's no crossing guard because you're not supposed to do this. Um, and it's dangerous because everybody's watching for when they can go. And then all of a sudden there's people walking. There. It's, it's off. Anyway, the only way to get around the car loop is to park pretty far away, go across a big old road, you know, having to wait, you got to hold your kids hands. I see people with littler kids with them. They do that and then walk across this field and get to pick up your kid there because they won't just let kids go because it's not safe. Okay. Anyway. I have talked to, and I don't think any of them listen to my podcast, but if so, I would happily talk to you and give you my advice in person. Um, But I've talked to people, I'm never doing that again. That car loop is awful because they did it one, maybe two, three days. But a lot of them, it was one day, one day. And they're like, I'm never doing that again. That's awful. That's ridiculous. But it's not like that on the other days. People actually figure it out. And even though it's not necessarily fun to be in the car loop and fun, you know, stop, stop, you get through and I time people. Okay. Not like with a stopwatch, but you know, I watch, I see somebody park their car over there and start across the way. And I kind of go, huh, I wonder if they'll get their kid first and back to their car or if I will be leaving the car loop with my kid first. I'm just curious, just curious, you know, and sometimes they do get there faster than me. And sometimes I get there faster. Okay. But it's generally about the same amount of time, except that they had to park, get out of their car, grab their little one's hands, cross a big old street with a stoplight, walk across a field, get their kid, walk back across the field, now cross the thing, holding more than one hand. Um, you know, it's the stress. That's a lot of stress because if you do that, you know, maybe you can't like me be in whatever you were cleaning in all day long. And that's, you know, you don't want to be walking across the field in that in front of all these parents. Um, but that it's a lot of stress. So we basically get our kids at the exact same time, give or take a little bit. Sometimes I win, sometimes they win this race that they don't know they're running. But anyway, but we're basically coming out with the same result. But I have personally decided, and if you want the exercise, awesome, more power to you. But for me, 
I would much prefer to not have that stress of trying to get around this and do this, blah, 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 because of what it was like that first day. First, so the point number one is don't judge it on the first day. It's not going to be like that. The more you do it, it's just not the first time you do anything is daunting and intimidating. And you know, you know how, when you drive somewhere for the first time and you think, wow, this is so far away. And then you drive there again and you're like, oh, this is not that far. Just like, um, I was in Los Angeles with Swiffer and Swiffer, you know, sweepers. Anyway, they took us, um, Swiffer fanatic people that work with them, um, on this little trip and my hotel room, the first time I went to it, I was like, wow, this is so far from the elevator because it was a turn here and a turn there because I didn't know when it was coming up. I mean, I guess I sort of knew from the numbers going down, but whatever. But every other time that I went to my hotel room or went back to the elevator, I was like, oh, this is so much closer than I thought it was that first time. Because it, you know how it feels that way. Anytime you're going somewhere for the first time, it feels like it takes forever. But once you already know how it's going to go, it doesn't feel like it takes forever again. You know, it, it's like, oh, it goes so much faster. It's so much easier the second time. You know, my, my boys, the first day of football, it's horrible. But the second day, just knowing what to expect, like not even that you've built up these muscles, but just knowing what to expect makes it so much easier than the first time. So don't judge it on the first day. And also there is value in just staying in your lane, doing what you need to do, the unfancy, unoutsmarting way, just for the lack of stress that's involved in trying to outsmart the inevitable. Okay. I hope this was helpful and I'm sorry for my emotional, I'm not sorry for my emotional outbursts because they're just reality. And I know so many of you have dealt with things. There's no comparisons. Okay. I I just don't want to, I don't know. I think that's one of the things that I'm trying to explain to my kids and even to my mother-in-law. I'm like, you know, don't compare your grief to anything because your grief is your grief. And and it, it just is, and it exists and it's a thing and, and you have to walk through it, but it's not going to look like the way somebody else walks through it. And, you know, when it happens to you, it's hard anyway. Okay. So thanks for joining me. And if you're still with me, yay. Thanks. Y'all are my people. Um, and I'm so happy to be back to podcasting and I will talk to you guys next week. Um, go to islobcomesclean.com slash podcasts with an S to find the show notes. Um, there's also a, an email subscription you can sign up for there, um, that will send you, uh, the show notes or link to the show notes when a new podcast comes out. So that way you'll have those in your email. Also subscribe in iTunes or Apple podcasts or whatever it's called now. Um, and that will, um, mean that new podcasts automatically get downloaded. So, all right, thanks. I will talk to you guys later. Bye.